All right, welcome back to the Local Church Podcast. We're glad that you're joining us for an awesome topic today. Uh, We've got part three of our No series on Know Thy God, Know Thy Town. Today we're talking about knowing your reach and what that looks like. And we said last time that your reach comes from knowing your town. You know your people, you know your community. It tells you how your reach is and how you can affect your town for the glory of God. So let's start there. Um, what about our people tells us our reach? And let's talk specifically about those are included in our ministry. How does knowing those people affect what we do in ministry? So every church has a reach. I mean, that reach can grow, that reach can shrink, but every church has a reach that they're capable of doing in the ministry. For instance, I'll use here, for example, I would love to have a Head Start program up and, up and going at the church. That'd be something awesome to do here in our town. Uh, it's already done, but more of it could be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could add a different flavor. It's, it's a great thing that we could offer. However, we don't have the manpower for it. It's a right. good dream. It's a good vision. It's something that may happen one day. Right now, we can't do it. Offering a Christian school, I mean, that'd be neat. Bible Institute, that'd be awesome as well. There's several things that I would like to do as a pastor, and there's probably people in the church that would like to do it as well. And it's good to have that first step of we would like to do this, mm-hmm. but liking to do something and are you able to do it is, is very important. That. Jesus taught that when you go to build a tower, who sits down and, 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 and doesn't even count out what's going to happen, how you're going to build it, how's it going to work. If you go to war, you're, you're looking at what you're capable of actually doing yeah. so you make wise decisions. So when we talk about our reach and ministry, we're, we're talking about the people that we've now reached from within our town or the people that's already at the church that you've went to and be able to sit down and be honest. And there's dreamers in the church, and you'll meet people who have big dreams. Uh, there may be ministries. Now, this is hard. When you end up in a church where they've already started ministries where they do not have the capacity or the capability yeah. to continue in them. And being a new pastor, you've got to come in and say, this is, this is the fat we got to cut off and mm-hmm. get to the lean meat. Um, those are hard conversations, but evaluation inside of your church will help you understand your reach and what you're good at. Going back to the last episode, you may need a van ministry. You may not have the capacity to do that yet, but you know you need to work in that area. Right. We know that we needed to expand evangelism. We know that... We don't have an evangelism pastor. So for the past several months, we've been working in that direction as a church, sharing that dream and vision, getting some things off the ground, getting boots on the ground, some door-to-door, some prayer cards out, and starting to raise the funds to be able to afford the evangelism pastor. So knowing your reach gives you an idea of what you can do, what you can't do, but it also gives you an idea of where you need to be headed uh, in the church with the members you have. And it's okay if you cannot do certain things right away. And it's okay if you never do the things. Mm-hmm. Don't put yourself in a place where I've only got 50, I'll never do this. Well, that's, that's fine, but you can do a lot of other things. So sit down, discover your reach, and be very good at it. Yeah, and and do what your people are good at, like you're saying. I think for us, um, some of our ministries actually went through seasons where we would have you know, this certain part of a ministry that went well for a time, and then there was a time to bring it to an end. you know, And that happens even with while you're still at the church, right? While it's going on, knowing what your people are good at is very important. The next point, we would need to talk about learning to say no a little bit. Sure, yeah. And especially when maybe somebody, like you said, in your, um, in your church, they're a big dreamer. And that's good. It's good to have people with the vision, but it's also good to have leaders who know what their church is. So how 
do you, I guess, in a, a using couth, using that good uh, manner, how do you tell somebody no or it's just not the right time for the ministry? Well, first off, I think evaluation goes to that. If you come to me with an idea or a plan for a, a ministry or an activity, any, anything to do that involves the church's name, uh, I'm going to ask you how you're going to do it. Like, yeah. so you, we've, a lot of times, dreamers in your church, they're, they're just dreamers. Mm -hmm. They say, we ought to be doing this. When that's the case, usually it's a no-go right off the bat because they're not involving themselves. Right. It's their dream, but is it their passion? That has to be discovered. Yeah. So learning to say no has a lot to do with can we do it or can't we do it? And generally the person bringing you the idea helps you figure that out pretty quickly. Um, for instance, we, we used to have the um, Psalm 1611 podcast. Mm -hmm. We ended up converting it this season into the local church podcast. Well, we knew during the season you're at school working mostly, we don't have the capability nor the time or the planning ability to do a podcast. Right. So you put that on hold. But once we sat down again and said, hey, we're going to relaunch this, it was a we're going to relaunch it. We're going to put the time into it. We have the time to do it. Let's, right. let's do it. It was somebody who could do the work, mm -hmm. somebody who had a passion for the work, and then we had a plan to get the work done. So saying no should be based on those things. Um, Learn to say no. It'll save you a lot of time and heartache. Yeah. And it'll show your membership that you're truthful with them. Yeah. Now, I had, a, I had a reputation for a few years of being the man who said no. And there's a reason for that. I was brought a lot of bad ideas. That happens. If I'm going to be honest with you, they were, they were bad ideas. They were striking out. I've let bad ideas go. We accept them. And I get left holding the bag. Yes. And pastors know what I'm talking about. And, you know, other ministers, deacons, and elders within churches know what I'm talking about. Mm. Out of giving somebody a shot or a chance or not to be seen as the no guy, the bad guy, the bad right. guy will say, yes, we get weak and be like, sure, we'll do that. And then the day of the event or the beginning of the event, the person has not showed up. The person who wanted to do it did not communicate with you. They did not raise the funds they were supposed to raise to get it done. Everything's now on you because you have brought it to the church. Right. You got the church on board and the person leaves you with the bag. It don't take much of that before you learn to say no. So sometimes experience teaches you to say no. Way. Yeah. But don't say no for the sake of saying it. Don't say no to show that you have the power as the lead pastor, the exo officer, that you know you could say, oh, we're just not doing that. I'm just showing you I'm the boss. That's not the right way either. Right, right. But evaluation and in smaller churches and rural communities, if somebody comes to you and says, man, I think I've got an awesome ministry, what we're going to do is we're going to start a college ministry where there's not a legit strong college campus for about an hour in any direction you drive yeah. in our community. That's a bad idea. Right. See what I'm saying? Right. So some of it's easy to pick up. Hey, pastor, we want to start a Head Starts program. That is great. Where's the plan for it? Where's the money for it? Mm -hmm. Where, when will we launch it? A launch thing shows us, too, I want to do this next week is usually a bad idea. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Kicks. If there's not like a 90, 120 day planning period, at least in there, invested. it's not invested. It's not been thought through. It's the thrill. Right. And I'm big right. on, you and I talk about this personally, routines. Yeah. It's, I call it glorious monotony. We never get tired of the stars coming out and the mm -hmm. sun setting. We never get tired of the season changes. We looked forward to the glorious monotonous thing. So yeah. if somebody has sat down and planned this out thoroughly and has a great plan and a great idea, Generally, I say give it, give it a shot and listen unless it's way, way off base um, from your belief system. So yeah. saying no is powerful. 
but don't say no just to be powerful. Right. And I guess for me, uh, as a worship pastor, I would apply that with song selections. People come all the time with great songs, and uh, I guess with those close to me, I've become the no guy because I'm very peculiar on what we sing here. I think it should be that way. Becoming the no guy, you got to remember that if ministry is going to be precise and there's precision and you're getting 50 things thrown at you, 20 things, there's going to be a, there's going to be a lot of no's for precision right. for precision's sake. You know right. what I'm saying? So uh, there is some truth in that. And, and sometimes you're not saying no because the thing's bad. You're saying no because the timing's bad. Or there's something better. Or the skill set's bad. Yeah. Or... There's a lot of things in music. You know, you know, you, when you have to say no, there's a lot of things that play in. How many people do you have that can play a stringed instrument in a church our size? Uh, right now, we've got three. You've got Rollin? Well, uh, we've got four, uh, Peyton. You, so you got four that can play stringed instruments in a church our size. Right, okay? right. So you've got to somehow, whatever song comes up, they've got to be able to, to play move. it, know yeah. it, move, be fluent. You've got bass, electric, and box guitar that can play at any time. And then you've got an 11-year-old playing piano. Yeah. And then you've got a drum set yep. to go along with that. So and we've got four, you know, consistent singers. You've got four faithful, consistent singers. So you've got a big group in a small church. But all those moving parts, may, especially the ages and ranges of talent, make music. And it that, goes back to knowing your reach. It goes knowing if you can do it. Yep. And being wise, because here's what I don't want to do. I don't want to waste nobody's time. No. I really That's don't not like. What we're here for. So we're not here to waste your time. A, a pastor once told me. A matter of fact, it's Malcolm, Car Malcolm Carter told me this. He said, "People would rather you waste their money than their time." Yeah. They'll give you money and you waste it, and they'll kind of, oh well, you waste their time. They don't like that nope. because you can earn more money. You don't earn more time. Right. Our time is so limited. So, uh, learning your reach helps you value people's time. Yep. We have a B Kids Choir. We have set standards for that. We love our two-year-olds. I have a five-year-old. He can't be in the B-Kids Choir. He gets to be in in a year, and that's great. He'll be going in the first grade in a year, so he'll get a chance to do that. But what I don't want to do is our sixth and seventh graders that are putting in the time right. still devalued when we, when we allow people that it's not time to be up there to be up there. And it just So you never want to, you, you want to have everything balanced. Right. You want to have that balance. And that's precision in ministry, and that precision comes from knowing your reach. And if you don't know your reach, you know what's going to eventually happen. You're going to get knocked out. Yeah. That's what happens. It's a boxing analogy. Swinging. But, you know, my reach is usually not going to go good when somebody who has a foot longer reach. Yeah. As far as manning up against them. Yeah, know your reach away. so you can maneuver correctly and work correctly in your ministry. So it's awesome. It's hard. Every pastor out there that's watching, listening, if you've ever done ministry, you get this. Yeah. You Definitely. get this. If you've been told no before, you you should get this as well. Yeah. Uh, if you've had to be the founder of a ministry, you get this. And that is knowing your reach and teaching your people to know their reach is very important to your joy in ministry and your effectiveness in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And that goes uh, really well with the next point. You know, as you stay within your reach, that reach begins to grow. Right, and we can go back to music here. As we stay within what we're good at, there's eventually going to be more people that can play stringed instruments or the piano or can sing. There's going to be more people that have that next, I guess, uh, that brings something different to the table. And so as you stay within your reach, your reach begins to grow. I think of it like this with our church. You know, we were back on Highway 70. And to be honest, we did things a little bit differently there than we do here in the sure. middle of town. 
And that goes with knowing our location, but it goes within our reach. We had a different set of people. We have a different set of people here. And I think that's fine. Um, I think what's important, you're talking about allowing people to, to grow within their reach. People need to feel the pressure. They need to feel the pressure so they can taste the glory. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, we have opportunities here to allow people to do something they've never had a chance to do. And the fear of a leader, especially if it's a big event, and for us, let's just go ahead and be honest, we're pretty serious about Sunday mornings, not yeah. just big events. So anything you let somebody new do, you, have a chance you, to do. you train them a little bit, you put them up there, but then you're like, is it going to work? Right. It's pressure on them to get it right. But hey, it's also the feeling of joy and glory when you do what you're supposed to do. And that's how people grow. And it's yeah. hard for me. It's hard for you. It's hard yep. for any leader to say, if you're a leader that lets everything go, your, your whole world's going to fall apart. You've, you've got to have a little more um, training mechanisms and mm -hmm. thought processes. Oh, yeah, you can do it. Oh, no, you can do it. Everybody can do it. Right. You're going to have a, a mess is what you're going to have. But knowing your reach and allowing your reach to grow, allowing that reach to grow means putting people in situations that may be uncomfortable for the leader and allowing them to have that space and allowing them to feel, telling them what you're doing is very important. We're counting on you to get it right. It's okay for them to feel that the weight pressure yeah. because there's a weight of glory that supersedes that pressure as well yeah and there's also yeah like you said it's good for the leader it's also good for the servant and i think it's time for the fog story if okay, you didn't have okay. a chance to listen to our overview where we fogged people out of the church fog them. Uh, you can definitely go back and listen to that uh, that's the start of our season two uh, but i remember this very well this was back on highway 70 this was a, something that we did differently there for sure um, i was in charge of a fog machine I was hiding behind a rock. It was uh, not a real rock. It was cardboard. And my job was to press the button. It looked like a rock. Well, the problem was I was secluded, and I didn't know how much fog there was. And, and it so was dark. It was, it was, we it was it, very dark. We made it very dark. It was great, though. So I held the button until I knew for sure that there was enough fog, meaning I couldn't see anything. We knew for sure once everybody started hacking. And that one guy about ran out because he thought it was a fire. We had the guy, yeah, and people were coughing. That had yeah. serious. We might have had people that smoked a lot. No. In the past. They should have been used to it then. Uh, well, it was in the past, and fog machine smoke ain't the same as, you know, good old-fashioned tobacco. Yeah, tobacco yeah. nicotine smoke. Yeah, uh, that was a situation. We put I you in charge. <laughs> we put Todd in charge of the fog machine, and... Um, we had to like open doors in the middle Windows. of the service and cut run on the air conditioning as air, we yep. could. And uh, when the lights cut back on from that scene that we did, couldn't see. we couldn't see nothing but all the fog up to the ceiling and people looking scared. But there was a dramatic effect. There it was. Now, hey, it goes back to some things we do in ministry. It does make a dramatic effect and, and yes. it can traumatize. You know, it can do that. But just because you make an effect in ministry don't mean you ministered. I'm not sure that any good spiritual thing came out of that outside of you. We, you learned the pressure of ministry and, uh, and the glory of it. <laughs> yes, I agree. Well, I think uh, before we conclude, we've got a couple more illustrations to share with you about your reach. I think you have one of uh, your pastor friends sure. uh, and, and their reach, knowing their reach. So I'll let you share that story as well. Uh, well, let me, sh let me, let me, sh I got two, okay. so let's, let's do Either two. One. You hit me with the fog story. I wasn't really ready, sorry, ready for that. I don't on know this how episode. you were. You were talking about people feeling the pressure and, uh, yeah, well, yeah, you hit me with that. I felt the pressure there for a second. So, um, there's, there's two 
illustrations I got about your reach or about meeting your reach. The first illustration is from a, a dear friend of mine, Mr. Christie, and I was visiting him over a year ago, um, and the older man in his you know, 90s, and uh, I said for a, I was 35, and I said, for a man your age, looking at a man my age, what advice would you give him? And right. he sat there like an older man would and kind of smiled like he knew he was going to hit me with something. You know what I'm saying? He knew yeah, it. Yeah, he, yeah. In his mind, he knew what he was going to do. And uh, he said, I would try to make it to 36. When we talk about upping our reach, one day at a time. Right. When, when you're trying to make some big goal of making it to 95, yep. you're not going to do it overnight. Right. It's going to be a one day at a time development. So that's where your reach is. Another illustration is I do have pastor friends. Um, some of them I get to talk to a lot. Some of them I don't. But I have pastor friends I went to college with or uh, grew up with or met through ministry. And uh, one of them was telling me a story recently about when they first got into evangelism, had a very strong evangelistic gift, if you'll call it that. He had the gift of gab, still does, good preacher, uh, good man. But he was telling me this story in a lighthearted manner that he was getting into the ranks of evangelism, and he was you know, uh, riding with and following an evangelist uh, from church to church and getting connected and getting to know other pastors and ministries, right. being introduced. He had a very bad habit of going to the pastor's church that he was supposed to be preaching at or supposed to get connected at, overlooking the pastor, the pastor of there. the church, literally overlooking them, walking by them, not speaking to them, and going to meet other people. Right. Until his mentor grabbed him by the arm, turned him around, and said, have you met pastor so-and-so? And he replied, well, no, I haven't. He said, well, he's the pastor of the church, and the reason you haven't met him is because you walk past him. Right. You overlooked You're him. over there. So when it comes down to your reach, be where you are. Mm -hmm. Reach where you can reach. Don't get ahead of yourself. We're not here to build our names. Right. You know, go preach the gospel and die nameless. Yep. You know, we don't need a title or a name, okay? But what we do need to do is work in where we're at, bringing people to Jesus Christ, not trying to build our own legacy, but a godly legacy for the next generation. Know your reach. Don't overlook people. Take it one day at a time and work hard for Jesus. Yep. Well, that's all for today's episode of the Local Church Podcast. We thank you again for joining us. Be sure to follow us on any of your podcasting apps and also on YouTube where you can see our videos there. If you have any questions or comments that you would like for us to know about, you can email the local church podcast at gmail.com. It's located down there in the description. We hope you join us next time. Thank you for tuning in.